Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. If the cradle represents the beginning of the Christmas story and the cross represents the main body of the story, then the climax of the Christmas story is found in the crown. It's a different kind of crown. It's not the one Jesus wore on Calvary. It is the crown he will wear when he returns to earth. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. The first time Jesus came, he came as a baby. But the next time Jesus comes, he's going to come as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains why the return of Jesus Christ is the hope of every Christian. It's a message called The Cradle, The Cross, and The Crown. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's study. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. When I was mapping out my preaching schedule for December, I asked my team at Pathway to Victory to clear the entire month to focus entirely on the person and work of Jesus Christ. After all, what could be more fitting at Christmas time than giving our complete attention to Jesus? I'm calling this series Celebrate the Savior. But that's not all. There was another project taking place behind the scenes. For the last year, we've been preparing a brand new 2023 Pathway to Victory daily devotional for you. In fact, I've written an entire chapter for every weekday in the coming new year. The devotional is well over 500 pages in length, and it's bound in beautiful slate blue leather, making this one of the most beautiful devotionals we've ever produced. Now, when you give a generous year-end gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, you're invited to request your copy. And if you respond today, it'll arrive in time for you to begin our devotional journey together in the new year. Plus, and this is really significant, when you give a generous gift today, it will be applied to our Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. This is a fabulous opportunity to leverage your gift because every dollar that you give will be matched during this Matching Challenge season. So, that means your $200 gift will become $400. A $500 gift becomes $1,000. A $10,000 gift would become $20,000. You determine the amount you give, and it will be matched. David and I will give more details after my message. But right now, it's time to resume a message I began on yesterday's program. It's titled, The Cradle, The Cross, and The Crown. If you were to ask the average person on the street, what are the symbols of Christmas? They would probably answer the candy cane, the Christmas tree, Santa Claus. <laughs> but today we're going to look at the three symbols that really explain the entirety of the Christmas story. And we're going to do more than simply explain. We're going to experience each of these symbols through song. The first symbol of Christmas is the cradle. This is where it all began, at least from a human perspective. One writer describes it this way. Stepping from the throne, Jesus removed his robe of light and wrapped himself in skin. He whom angels worship nestled himself in the placenta of a peasant, was birthed into the cold night, and slept on cow's hay. 
What is the significance of Jesus humbling himself by being born in this cradle? The fact that Christ was willing to come and to be born under such humble circumstances reminds us that God loves us. He took the initiative in establishing a relationship with you and with me. And that's why we say his name is Emmanuel, God with us. God became one of us so that we might be a part of his family. I want us to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the one who was veiled in flesh so that we might have a relationship with God. To celebrate what Christ did in coming to be born in this manger, let's stand together and sing the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. could have been no Christmas without the cradle, but casting a shadow over the cradle was a cross. If the cradle is the beginning of the story, the cross represents the main body of the Christmas story. It explains why it is that Jesus came to earth. One writer says it this way, here's a side to the Christmas story that isn't often told. Those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb were made so that the nails might be driven through them. Those little pink feet, unable to walk, would one day walk up a dusty hill to be nailed to a cross. That sweet infant's head with sparkling eyes and eager mouth was formed so that someday men might force a crown of thorns upon it. That tender body, warm and soft, wrapped in swaddling clothes, would one day be ripped open by a Roman spear. Jesus was born to die. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him, Jesus, 
who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus came to take the penalty for you and me, and that's what he did when he came to suffer and die on that cross. In some inexplicable way, Jesus experienced the full wrath of God so that one day we could receive his blessing. 700 years before Christ came, Isaiah the prophet prophesied of what Christ would do for us. In Isaiah 53, he writes, but he, Messiah, was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity, the sin of us all, to fall upon him, Jesus. The whole purpose of Christ's coming is summarized on that cross. And today, to offer our deepest thanks to God for what he did on that cross for us, I want us today to sing a special arrangement of that hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Would you stand with me as we sing?
if the cradle represents the beginning of the Christmas story and the cross represents the main body of the story, then the climax of the Christmas story is found in the crown. It's a different kind of crown. It's not the one Jesus wore on Calvary. It is the crown he will wear when he returns to earth. The crown represents the promised second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody has said when Jesus came the first time, he came veiled in the form of a child. But one day when Jesus comes again, he will be recognized by all. The first time Jesus came, a star marked his arrival. The next time Jesus comes, all the heaven will be lit by his glory. The first time Jesus came, only a few attended his arrival. But the next time Jesus comes, every eye shall see him. The first time Jesus came, he came as a baby. But the next time Jesus comes, he will come as King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, ultimately, that's our only hope in this world, that one day Christ is coming back when the right will prevail. I don't have to tell you, we have in a, live in a world that is marked, that is tainted by sin. And it causes so much heartache in every one of our lives. I was just reflecting on some conversations I've just had recently, talking with the wife of one of our deacons who just went to heaven as she mourned the loss of her husband talking to a young man who had just stood over the open grave of his mother, hearing a little child cry uncontrollably, begging God to send her father back home. That's the kind of world that we live in. Maybe you're having trouble this morning, really entering into the celebration of Christmas. Perhaps it's because you're facing an uncertain future. Maybe a dream in your own life has died. Maybe you too are suffering the loss of a loved one, either through death or desertion. The pain you feel right now is real, but it's also temporary. One day, Jesus is coming back again. And when he comes back again, he is going to put an end to suffering because he's going to put an end to the author of suffering, Satan himself. In 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8, Paul says that one day Satan, the author of all heartache, will be revealed and the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the brightness of Christ's coming. The return of Jesus Christ is our hope, our only hope in this world. The apostle John described the return of Jesus Christ this way in Revelation 19. He said, after these things, I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems, many crowns, and he has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself, and he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. 
The first time Jesus came, he came as savior of the world. The next time Jesus comes, he is coming as judge of all the world. The first time Jesus came, he offered salvation. The next time Jesus comes, he's coming to offer condemnation. The coming of Jesus will be a great moment of rejoicing for those of us who know him. But for those who have rejected him, the coming of Jesus again will be a time marked by remorse and regret. I came across this piece recently. Listen to it carefully. Twas the night before Jesus came, and all through the house, not a creature was praying, not one in the house. The Bible was laid on the shelf without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in her rocker with baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eye should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun, sending forth a bright way, ray, I knew in a moment that this must be the day. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning just as he'd said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life which he held in his hand was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. When he said, it's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound while all of the rest were standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. If only I had been ready tonight. Jesus is coming back again. And that is the ultimate truth of the Christmas story. He is returning to reward the righteous and to punish the guilty. You know, one of my favorite songs that we sing at this time of the year is Joy to the World, The Lord is Come. Most people don't know that that song was never intended to be a Christmas carol. There are no mentions of angels and Bethlehem and a star. When Isaac Watts wrote that hymn in 1719, he was writing not about the first coming of Jesus, he was writing it about the second coming of Jesus. This song was based on Psalm 98, verse 9, that says, For the Lord cometh to judge the earth with righteousness, he shall judge the world. Jesus is coming back. That is the hope of every one of us who is a believer here this morning and is a sign of our anticipation 
about the soon return of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together and sing the great hymn, Joy to the World, the Lord is Come. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him a room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven. Yes, joy to the world. We can declare that statement because Jesus Christ rules the world with truth and grace. Well, during the message today, I'm sure you could sense the urgency in my voice. After a contentious year, our nation and our world are deeply divided. Our only hope in 2023 is to present the truth of God's Word so that men and women all over the globe would find their names written in the book of life before it's too late. So, because the time is short, I'm calling on you to join us in an all-out effort to reach more people than ever before in 2023. And here's some really good news. Right now and up until the deadline of December 31st, your generous year-end gift will be automatically matched and doubled because of the Light in the Darkness Matching Challenge. That means your generous gift will go twice the distance. As a bonus, and when you respond with that gift today, you're entitled to request your copy of the brand new 2023 Pathway to Victory Daily Devotional that I've written for you. From January to February, you'll begin a spiritual fitness program using wisdom from the book of Hebrews. From March through May, you'll learn how to walk with God by faith. In the summer, you'll gain a biblical understanding of grace. And in the fall and winter, you'll meditate on the parables of Jesus. So please, get in touch with us today so that you'll receive this exclusive devotional in time for the new year. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous year-end gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, we'll say thanks by sending you the exclusive 2023 daily devotional from Pathway to Victory. To request these resources, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. Now, when your gift is $100 or more, we'll also send you this month's brand new Christmas series, Celebrate the Savior. This DVD and CD package includes seven hand-picked messages about the birth of Jesus and the impact of His first coming. 
Plus, the included music CD features the very best Christmas music by the phenomenal First Baptist Choir and Orchestra. It's perfect for playing in your car or around your home. Remember, because of our Light in the Darkness matching challenge, your gift will be doubled in size and impact by some friends of Pathway to Victory. So be sure to get in touch with us today. One more time, call 866-999-2965 or visit ptv.org. You could send your donation by mail right to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, wishing you a great weekend. Then join us again Monday for a message called Christmas on the Road. That's right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.